Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back to another great episode of Market Impact Insights. I'm really excited about today's topic, which is looking at the growing impact of women in leadership positions in technology. And I've got a guest today that can really speak from personal experience because Bridget Biznet uh, has been in the IT and technology sector for more than 30 years and has been in some very, very high visibility, high impact leadership positions. So Bridget will be able to share her personal perspective on her journey uh, through that, the experience she's gained, the perspective that she has on uh, what's been accomplished and the kind of impact that women have had so far, and then maybe some ideas on opportunities for continued growth and impact in the future. And I've known Bridget for, gosh, almost 15 years. I was just thinking about that, and uh, time is really flying. But I know that she is a high-energy, very motivational leader. She's an empowering leader. And most importantly, Bridget always tells it like it is. So I think you're really going to appreciate uh, the conversation today. A little bit more about um, Bridget. Bridget is currently Senior Vice President of Global Partner Sales for Riverbed Technology. And she's responsible for all global channel strategy and synchronizing Riverbed's efforts through the channel in support of all segments. She's focused on ensuring that all Riverbed partners understand and action Riverbed strategy and mission, which is delivering network and application performance and visibility to mutual customers. Now, as I mentioned, Bridget has a long background in technology for over 30 years. She's had a number of roles across sales, marketing, and channels. Many of them were at Cisco, such as global commercial sales, enterprise vertical partnerships, commercial alliances, channels marketing programs, and channel certification. Prior to Cisco, Bridget uh, also worked for global companies uh, such as Standard Microsystems and AST Computers. So she knows the technology space, and I can't wait to talk to her about her experience. And I also wanted to add, she's a very recognized leader in the channel. She's been recognized by CRN Women of the Channel and also as a CRN Channel Chief. Bridget, welcome to Market Impact Insights. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. So let's start out going back to the very beginning of your career, uh, which has obviously been an incredible journey through different companies and uh, increasing responsibility in different roles. But I'm really curious what originally sparked your interest in the IT technology sector. Well, Dan, I have always been a very, I guess, curious person. I've always been willing to try new things that maybe other people, you know, would consider a little risky. Uh, I didn't really have any experience in IT when I was in my 20s. Um, and I, I, I landed at a company uh, called AST Computers, and I learned from the ground up, uh, just getting in there and trying to figure it out 
uh, again, being someone who likes to try new things, I tend to be an early adopter. Um, I'm always the first one that, you know, I think I had the first Apple watch and the, and the <laughs> first laptop and the, I'm just always one of those people. And then, you know, obviously uh, as technology has evolved, I'm, I'm, I'm just brave in that area. Yeah. So, and we're talking back in the eighties at that point, and um, there was just so much emerging, right? Kind of a whole new experience uh, for society really in terms of uh, how technology can impact daily life. So I'm curious, uh, how did you actually approach learning and ramping up, right? Because a lot of, of new technology, a lot of things to learn, but were there some approaches that really helped you uh, really feel more confident and, and really grasp and see the potential there? Well, I would, there wasn't a lot of formal learning in those days, right? Because the industry was very much emerging. Um, so I spent a lot of time in, ironically enough, in the, with the manufacturing groups and the engineering groups. And they, they helped me understand more about the technology and what it did. In those days, we didn't design technology per se for a business outcome, right? We designed, you know, the engineers, it was, a, if we build it, they will come kind of model back in the day. And um, so I, you know, I spent a lot of time with them just understanding uh, how it worked, right? Not why it worked, but how it worked. And that really helped give me some base you know, fundamentals around technology, be it hardware, software uh, side of the business. So that was really where I started. Um, And then as time evolved, there was a more formalization to the learning process. Um, Certainly my job at Cisco, when I first went there and I took over certifications, that was individual certifications. That was CCIE. My team created the first CCNA, CCDA my team created and brought to market. So, um, you know, over that probably 10-year period, I'd say, or 15-year period, you know, that's really when the formalization of enablement uh, started emerging across the industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you're based in the San Francisco Bay Area and your Silicon Valley. That's obviously a hotbed for innovation. And tech has always been about lots of smart people that are continuously innovating what are some of the most significant differences you see and how innovation happens today than maybe back earlier in your career? Well, you know, I, I, I think two ways. First of all, speed, right? The, 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 the innovation, the time, um, and, and the, uh, the speed in which we are innovating and bringing solutions to market uh, is incredible. And, and you know, you, you've lived it as well. And I would also say uh, expansion, so of new categories. So it's kind of like it's speed and it's breadth. Um, those two are probably the, the most significant changes that I've, I've seen. Yeah, I mean, just think about IoT or AI or, you know, all the, the significant rise in these, these the security-based technologies, right? 30 years ago, they may have been kind of, you know, a skunk work thought of by an engineer, um, but today those 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 tech technologies and the markets that they serve are developing in a matter of five years, three years. I mean, that's crazy. Um, and being able to keep up with that is really a challenge for anybody in this industry um, across, you know, a- across all these various, you can't be an expert in, you know, in AI and be an expert in, mm-hmm. in I don't know, security, IOT, just list any of them. Um, where back in the day, you know, we really had a, a pretty simple ecosystem around technology, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think you really hit on something there because um, you know in the beginning where it was much more around single solution uh, product plays, but now you're talking about diversified portfolios, broader solutions, and with that around innovation comes more choices, right? And the need to prioritize and and where to focus the resources much more complex than it used to be. Yeah, and same with your career, right? You've got to figure out where you're going to focus and invest in that particular area. Now, channels have been a major focus of many of your leadership roles, including uh, currently at Riverbed, where you've driven the vision for the award-winning partner program, Riverbed Rise. Can you share a bit more on your philosophy for what goes into successful channel partnerships that also drive measurable long-term growth? So, Dan... Partners and vendor relationships, they must be mutually beneficial. You know, thus the word partnership, right? It's bi-directional. There has to be a balance of trade within that partnership that works for both parties. And more importantly, it needs to be sustainable. And, you know, there's always give and take, right? Give and take. But it, it has to be a balance of give and take over a period of time that enables that both businesses can thrive in, you know, in the marketplace. One of my tenants, and I, I, I feel I, I always start this way with any problem I'm trying to solve, is this: the decisions and the strategy must be anchored on focusing on making our mutual customers successful. Anchor your decisions in the customer, and then back into what the partnerships, what you need from a, what a vendor should be doing versus what a partner, you know, should be doing in order to complement each other. But at the end of the day, we have to stay focused and anchored on getting the best outcome for that customer. And that's kind of the cornerstone of, of any decision I make or any strategy I set um, when I'm thinking about partners. Yeah, I like where you, you've gone with that because by starting with customer first, uh, really focusing on what those true needs are, the value of any sort of enablement that you're driving out through your channel just goes up exponentially because there's relevance uh, and the opportunity to create lasting impact as opposed to creating something in kind of a a laboratory that's separate and apart from really deeply understanding uh, and starting with the customer. So so really like what you were talking about there. So um, let's shift gears now into the real focus topic of today. Um, Obviously, as a highly respected female senior executive in Silicon Valley, what's been most challenging for you as you've gone out to forge your career path in what was traditionally a more male-dominated field? Um, Are there some significant things you've learned about yourself along the way? Well, I say that I I probably don't have a unique uh, challenge, but the number one challenge I am faced with every single day and being in this industry is balancing my family responsibilities with my work responsibilities. And when you have to do that, there's trade-offs and the trade-offs happen, you know, every day they can happen, you know, every year you, you just, you have to you have to decide where you're going to invest your time. I learned really early on that I, in order for me to get as much as I can out of both those aspects of my life, I have to be very focused and very efficient. Um, and, you know, there's things that, uh, you know, I've had to compromise on. So 
for instance, in this, and I don't want to just say it's a male thing because I think it's just a work thing. You know, people that invest a lot of time in networking and, and, you know, hanging out, you know, but the kind of buddy thing that guys are really good at creating and forging those kinds of work relationships. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have time for that. Right. I, 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 I needed to make sure I was getting my work done and getting everything I could done in my work life so I could have my family life. And I'd say that that's one of the things that, uh, you know, that I had to make as a trade off. I don't think I would do it differently because I'm very pleased with where I am in my career and where I am in my life. Um, but it's something I had to make a decision on early on. And I just knew I couldn't work like the guys worked. It just wasn't an option for me. So I had to work my way and try to, you know, be as impactful as possible. And, you know, I would say that my style as a female leader is very consistent and grounded on what I talk about with a partner. And that is, I always try to focus on what's right for the customer, not necessarily what's right for my peer or politically correct. And I try to back into those decisions, you know, that way. So that's probably the biggest thing I learned when I look back and think, you know, could I have improved in that area or been more successful had I, had I kind of, had I operated the same way the guys operated. Yeah. Yeah. But I think when you're talking about focus on results and along with that comes uh, that accountability too, because when you're focusing on results and it becomes more of a measure success based on measurable outcomes, as opposed to just an activity based sort of thing, it feels like that, that would have been part of the mix too. Would, would you say that was the case, Bridget? Oh, absolutely. I, and you know, you, you've known me for a while and you're, you're funny with your introduction about me being direct. Um, I, I am very direct and I am very pointed. I'm like, what, why are we doing this? Right. What are we looking for? What's the outcome? How are we going to measure it? You know, and how do you know, you know, I always tell teams when we're starting off on a project is we got to figure out where we want to land so that we know where we're headed, how to get there. Right. So I am very uh, results oriented. Uh, I am very driven. Uh, and again, uh, some of that comes from the fact that I have to focus in order to get all these other aspects of my life fit in in the 24 hours we have. There's no lollygagging around. I don't, <laughs> it's not a lollygagger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something we all can relate to right now is just how to make that uh, time balance work up for us. And I'm also curious too, uh, as you've taken on these leadership roles, you've got teams, uh, you're trying to get them focused, inspired, motivated. And of course, in, in our current uh, COVID world, where even more so teams are working in a virtual remote mode, I'm curious, have you, have you found that to be uh, challenging um, in order to, to create that focus on results when you don't necessarily have the cohabitation physically, but you, you know, you're dealing with virtual teams? You know, I, I personally have not, Dan, because I have run a distributed workforce for 18 of the last, my last years, right? In the last 18 years, a distributed workforce all over the globe. Like, you know, I had one role where I had, you know, 150 people in 26 countries. And you, it is definitely, you know, I want to, if I go back to the day when I used to go to the office every day, um, it was definitely a transition and I had to become very structured and how I operated each day um, running this distributed workforce. So the, the current events have not impacted me, but I will say, 
you know, I'm subject to all these other humans in my company uh, that have never operated this way. So it was very clunky for everybody to try to get into a rhythm um, and get into like, how do we actually, you know, this isn't just a one-off meeting and then we're going to go see each other. We had to have, actually, we've had meetings that were like five-hour meetings, six-hour meetings. Those are brutal, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it was, uh, kind of watching the others try to figure out how to operate in this distributed uh, model, uh, I thought I thought was you know has been really fascinating during this during this time. Yep, it's all about adaptation uh, and repetition, and then that builds confidence and uh, but it also drives more consistency too across yeah. organizations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, something else about you that I've always really respected is that giving back to others is, is very important. And you serve as a mentor in several organizations that are helping the advancement and empowerment of female leadership. What has that experience been like? What kind of impact are you seeing? You know, I, I, this is one of my favorite parts. You know, I, again, I come from a very large family. I have uh, females. Um, I have uh, 14 nieces um, and four nephews. Uh, I've had the pleasure of, you know, working in and around so many women in my life. And the, the, the greatest result for me is kind of like what you might say about a teacher, right? When I run into someone and they're like, you were the best boss I ever had. Or, you know, I'm the leader I am today because you mentored me and you coached me um, on situational, you know, to, uh, you know in situations. And that's just so rewarding, Dan. And those people, some of those people now are in their 40s and, um, you know, 50s and are in the, you know, are in the prime of their career right now. It's just so exciting to watch. I can I can relate to that, too, because I think back to people that have been on my teams from earlier in my career and then went on to do bigger, greater things. And, you know, I've always felt like one of the greatest gifts that a leader can give to an organization is how well they really maximize the potential of uh, the teams that they lead, right? So that they're contributing in new and different ways. And you certainly have, have done quite a bit of that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I always tell people, you know, don't just be careful. Someday I'm going to come to you for a job. I'll be working for you someday. That would, <laughs> be the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we've got current impact and do, do you feel like the, as you, you look to the future, uh, you're feeling good about uh, where uh, we're getting great, that greater diversity and perspective of leadership, uh, styles and, and just representation in leadership and technology. So Dan, I actually think, so I've, I've always been optimistic about it. And while it's slow, it's certainly changed in you know my, my career lifetime. But I think this COVID thing and the fact that everyone has, everyone's on the same playing field, right? It's even the playing field. This is giving any female individual, I don't even want to say leader as in they, they don't need to be a boss. You could be a leader and be a boss, right? Right. No leadership in their role to become more visible, to drive projects and drive connections with your peers and your, you know, up and down the chain. This is when women have the best opportunity to change the dynamic um, because we all are working at the same exact model, right? So I think this is a very exciting time. And I encourage any 
female who, you know, you, if you have an aspiration, at, this is the time to step up and fill, fill the void. There's a lot of people going down Periscope, as I call it, right? And this isn't going away. We're going to be working this way. Both, a lot of people will work this way forever. Some people aren't going to, companies aren't even going to open offices. I was on a call with a company, a bunch of companies, and one company divulged that they were going to close 300 offices because they figured out that their employees could work remotely. So this isn't going to change, and I encourage every woman to figure out how do you take advantage of this because someone just gave us a, a level playing field. Yeah, we hear the term the new normal all the time, right? That's thrown out quite a bit, but we're, we're actually seeing the signs now that uh, while some things may return closer to how they were before, but we may not go back right. uh, to how it was, right? It, and it just establishes a new baseline. You're, you're so right about that. And so on this theme of looking to the future, what may be happening and changing, when you think about, um, let's let's take the, the broad range of things from uh, just where technology solutions are, are headed, where um, channels and and the relationships uh, within channels and ecosystems are going. Bridget, what gets you most excited about the future when you think about that? I um, I, I actually think uh, the technology channels, and generically. Um, are going to go through a massive transition. Transformation is a better word, not a transition, right? So not only is there going to be significant consolidation uh, out there and because of COVID, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that are about my age that started their systems integration business, you know, 30 years ago. They don't have uh, a legacy, um, someone to turn that business over to. Right. They're either going to go out of business uh, or, you know, be sold. And there's going to be a tremendous amount of consolidation uh, as it as it pertains to the channel. I believe I also I also know that the role of the channel is changing significantly. And vendors have a huge opportunity to drive this um, with this whole um, customer success motion. That is more and more important and not even important. It's required when you're selling uh, any sort of software or any sort of as a service offering. Uh, that that um, motion is is obviously going to eclipse uh, any sort of old fashioned resale or build and transfer model. Um, it's, it's going to it's going to force these channel partners to have different skill sets and different uh, financial models. When you're talking about customer success, right, not just landing the deal, but expanding it and renewing it, um, it becomes more important in the sales process. Uh, the other condition that I'm, uh, I think this whole COVID thing is going to drive as well is a accelerated adoption from the customers of these as a service with, you know, offerings with SLAs where they don't have to own and operate. And they have the ability to flex. I mean, imagine what the IT groups went to went through when they had less than one percent of their employees on laptops working remotely to a hundred percent. If they were in an SLA environment, their solution to those problems would be way different than they are today, where they had to acquire laptops, get them imaged, get 
VPN on them, get them deployed, um, it would just be a different world. Um, so I think that those are some very exciting transformations that uh, are going to occur. And I, I believe we're talking eight, you know, 12 to 18 months. We're not talking five years. I don't even think that's a vision. I think that's a, you know, just probable to happen soon. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a quote somewhere um, in kind of looking at just the rate of uh, the uh, transformation uh, and just time scales are just condensing. Uh-huh. Like literally in the last few months, seeing a transformational impact that might have been years, you know, in the making before, right? Everything just seems to be condensed. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that this whole concept of a distributed workforce, you know, the majority of businesses, you know, uh, and I don't, you know, I'm not talking, you know, consumer based restaurant kind of things, but um, businesses that are dependent on technology to run their business. There's, you know, nine, I'm going to say 90 percent of them didn't believe it. Well, they had to believe it. They had to figure it out. And now they figured it out. And that, if, they, if this hadn't happened, they would have never tried it. Right. They would have never tried to distribute their workforce and allow people to work remotely. They didn't have a choice. And I don't think a lot of companies are going back. Yeah, I think there's just too much in terms of you mentioned the financial uh, realization and incentives, and then just the fact that you know people adapt really quickly, and and just you know norms around communication and dynamics of how teams work, um, and the fact now you have the proving ground, whereas before you could hypothetically get into a debate over the merits, the pros and cons, but now the the evidence becomes so much more. Uh, clear to everybody it's real it's happening yeah yeah well well bridget it's been great reconnecting thanks so much for coming and sharing your experiences and insights with uh, me today well you're welcome and i i hope you have a great rest of the week and just a reminder to uh everyone i've gotten some great feedback on the podcast if you're checking us out through Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can also access Spotify or directly through our uh, website. But if you're through Apple, please take a moment to rate and review. It's really important to uh, provide the feedback and share share the positive perceptions of the podcast. And also, as always, be sure to check out marketimpactnow.com for the latest in leadership perspectives. So long until next time.